You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, honestly, I'm not, I'm not upset. Last week, I know I said the same thing. I'm not upset. And then I ended up kind of getting upset as it went on, but it was different. Last week was, I was too depressed to be upset. I kind of just feel fine. I think, um, I think my mindset kind of coming into the game is, is what we've all been saying. And that is, this is a terrible team until you prove me otherwise. And, um, I, I didn't necessarily expect them to lose the game. I did bet against the Packers, so I've made money on them three weeks in a row because Vegas massively overestimates the Packers. I'm guessing that will not happen ever again. So if you didn't make money off the Packers, you will not probably going forward. That will be rectified. Um, I actually did okay. So there's a positive in this. Is the uh, the money making. MyBookie.ag. I uh, actually bet, as weird as it sounds, because I bet against the Packers, I bet on Aaron Jones to get two touchdowns, and he got two. <laughs> he was the only buddy, the only guy to get a touchdown, but I don't know. I just felt, I don't usually do those kinds of bets, but I felt good about that one. Um, anyways, I'll have to go back and round up and how well I was doing. Seems like I was doing really well, but no, I, I just, uh, I, I had no expectations. And when the game kicked off, they were the exact same team. And, and I think at the end of the day, I mean, I remember at one point we were down by seven and it just dawned on me like, oh, we're, we could still win this game. And I didn't care. It honestly made no difference to me whether we won the game or lost because I knew everything that I needed to know about the team. I mean, a, a win at this point is, I mean, I'm not going to get joy from it. It's not going to help down the stretch, you know. Um, it, it's weird, too, because, you know, my son was asking about the Giants game and, um, I actually bet on the Giants, too, and they were winning, and I was like, oh, awesome. He's like, why is that awesome? Don't we want them to lose? And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. We do, because we're probably competing with them for a, for a playoff spot, a wild card spot. And then I thought about it, and I was like, I don't think we are. And I know some people are going to say, you're overreacting. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I promise you, this is not me being dramatic. I'm, I'm completely calm. This is just, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing irrational about saying, I don't think this team is going to the playoffs. They have not played one game not one and I'm including the Bears game that has given me the impression that this team is going to the playoffs 
So considering we are, I mean, we're approaching the halfway point of the season. It's we're, we've blown past the one quarter mark. I don't, I don't think it matters. And it's weird that it doesn't matter because I, I'm so used to being stressed about everything. And honestly, I'm not saying I enjoy the team being bad, but football is so much less stressful right now. I feel like for the first time I'm able to just watch and enjoy a football game and say, you know, hopefully we win and get excited about the good plays and cheer for Aaron Jones when he makes a great touchdown catch without having to stress about whether we win and by how much we win. And then every other team, you know, what are the Vikings doing? What are the Bears doing? What are the Lions doing? What are the Giants doing? What, what's everybody else doing? I don't care. Good for the Giants. I'm happy for them. We're not competing with them anymore. So I don't have to care. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that's bleak sounding, but it just is what it is. Um, the, 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 I, th- I think the ability to be optimistic didn't just dissipate. It was shattered, completely shattered. Y- you know that I've tried, right? I mean, you, you got to at least give me the credit on that. I've tried to be as optimistic as I possibly can. I completely excuse the entire defensive performance because the offense demoralized them and forced them to stay on the field. That goes right out the window. If, if they were demoralized, and, and granted, it wasn't a great situation. I mean, you, you had the defense get the Washington commanders off the field immediately, and then Amari muffs a punt, and now the defense has to go back out. Big freaking deal. Big deal. I mean, if, th- if, this, if we're talking fourth quarter and this stuff is happening, fine, but you give up in the first quarter? Is that what we're doing? I don't think that's what happened. And, and you can talk about, well, look how long they were on the field. That's their own fault. It wasn't even the offense's fault as much. They couldn't get themselves off the field. And it was because of mistakes. Rashawn Gary cannot hold an edge. The tackling was just, I mean, it's, it's again, you got him in the backfield. The one guy that's there misses the tackle and he goes for 10 yards and get, picks up a first down and they continue the drive. Or the penalties, which were just nonstop. It, it's just, it's one thing after another. And it's just, it's too many things. It's way too many things. And again, all the excuses are gone. Aaron Rodgers, well, if we fix the offensive line, right? You've, how many times have you heard me say that? If we fix the offensive line, there's a very real path to getting better. And Rodgers improves, the, uh, the running game improves, and, and everything gets better. I don't know, but I, I don't feel like Rodgers really struggled with the offensive line in this game. And this is one of the worst games, if not the worst game I've seen him play. And so what? Oh, his thumb. Okay. His thumb. Oh, great. So, so what? It doesn't fix the penalties. It doesn't fix the drops. It doesn't fix the mental errors. It doesn't fix the horrific decisions like going forward on fourth and one, which is a bad enough decision rather than just taking the points. But not only that, in a game in which, as always, we're running the ball quite well, we cannot throw to save our lives. We throw on fourth and one. And somebody argue with me, well, there's nothing wrong with that call because the ball was dropped. Yeah, well, that's part of the reason that it was a bad call. It's because we can't execute throwing the ball. That's the whole freaking point. <laughs> That's the point. Well, if, if Sammy Watkins would have just blocked, right, exactly. If, woulda, coulda, shoulda. If onlys and justs were candies and nuts, then every day would be unto dunk fest, right? Right. So eliminate those issues. Let, let's, let's not run the risk of our offensive line failing to block for Rodgers. Let's not run the risk of another drop. Let's not run the risk of, of, a, of a wide receiver not knowing his assignments. Let's not run the risk of another Aaron Rodgers errant throw. 
There's so many things that we do horribly wrong when we try to pass the ball. That is the exact reason it's a bad decision to throw on fourth and one, if you should have even gone for it at all. You need some offensive momentum, right? Yeah, so that's why you got to go for it. No, take the freaking points, right? Am I, uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm alone in that. Fine, fine. But at least run the ball. At least run the ball. <laughs> it, it just, it's, it, you know, again, we, we, have been, we have been dancing around this. I've been dancing around this. Um, most of us have been trying to at least find a couple areas that are, that are positive. That, and, and, and I shouldn't say that because there are still positives, of course. It's not that everything on this team is bad. There's plenty of positives, and I, I want to go through them. But positives insofar as this could possibly turn around. No chance. I'm sorry. There, there's, there's no chance, and I'm, 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 I'm not doing that anymore. The offensive line did a good enough job blocking, right? Rodgers couldn't throw because he couldn't throw. The wide receivers couldn't separate because they couldn't separate, and the wide receivers couldn't catch. So again, the, the, the entire premise that that would help things was wrong because Rodgers didn't throw the ball better, even though he had time. And the receivers are still dropping passes and the penalties are still there, which is way too much to overcome. So that's not getting fixed. The amount of times we threw at the line of scrimmage, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And the fact that we couldn't execute that, every pass was at the line of scrimmage and we still can't do it. We're still missing throws, we're still dropping passes, and of course about half of them we're losing yards on because they're just teeing off on us because it's all we can do. And then defensively, again, the, the excuses are just completely gone. It's amazing how many times you watch a team play the Packers and you think, man, this team's actually got a lot of heart. They've really got something. I fell for that when it was the Patriots. And then I fell for it when it was the Giants. And then I sort of fell for it for the, for the Jets, mostly because the Giants and Jets have good records. And it's like, all right, well, you know, they're fighting for them and they're doing good things. But now Washington, now, now you got, uh, you know, can't believe I fell for it when it was Bailey Zappi. But, you know, I'm an idiot. Can't help it. I'm a Packer fan. Even I fall prey to uh, fandom, fandom disease. But not now, and, and I promise you there's going to be Packer fans saying, man, you know, Taylor Heineke has really rallied this team, and, and he was playing out of his mind, and that's, that's the, we got to give them credit. Man, we, we've been doing that all year. David Montgomery, after the Packer game, for, first of all, after the, the week one uh, game against the Vikings, we were, we, we were under the impression that the Vikings do, in fact, have one of the best offenses in football, and Justin Jefferson can't be stopped. He didn't go on to do that ever again. David Montgomery, after week two, playing the Packers. Remember, there was a big thing among Bears fans, and, and myself included, saying that Montgomery is the second best running back on his own team. He's overrated and all that stuff. He went off against the Packers. He's, the, he's suddenly the best running back in football. Pay that man. Nobody can stop him. He hasn't really done that since. And then, then we see what, th- th- then it's Tampa. We didn't really make Tampa look good at all, although we made their defense look good, didn't we? Right? All this elite, de- and I told you, they don't have an elite defense. That's not true. Tampa, who just lost to Carolina. <laughs> How are we feeling about that now? See, we can play that game where it's like, well, we lost to the Jets, but I mean, the Jets really aren't the Jets. Fine. But we beat Tampa, and Tampa's not really Tampa, are they? So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, even, I don't, I don't remember what I've been talking about. The bottom line is, I mean, I, I, I don't see any room left for optimism. What is there left? Well, Rogers' thumb hurts. So when his thumb gets better, then, then the team will turn around. Okay. Well, that's the one thing left. There's a couple problems, though. Um, number one, we still have offensive line issues. I don't think we necessarily fixed it. They had a good day, but I, I struggle to think that everything's... Per- Maybe it is. Okay, fine. So we'll, we'll scrap that. 
Rogers' thumb is going to get better. This is a, a recent injury, right? So he had issues prior to the thumb injury. Okay, so it's not going to be 100% better, but, but a little bit better. All right, so Aaron Rodgers playing better. Did you see a lot of separation out there? I didn't see a ton. I, I saw, what was it, uh, Sammy had a guy beat once, and then Rodgers massively overthrew him. Overthrew him, not underthrew him because his thumb hurts. Over, too much power in his, in his throwing uh, thing there. So, so there's not a ton of separation going on for our receivers. And um, Rodgers is still going to struggle a little bit. There's also another issue, though, and that is losing the locker room. So that's as, as the thumb gets better and the offense maybe improves, there's a, a decline in um, the entire team's ability to play because they're losing heart, which is what we saw in this game. By the way, shout out to, uh, to the Packers for practicing real hard this week. I hear they put in a banger of a practice, really crushing it. It's always great to, to hear that. And then by uh, halfway through the game, you're hearing the announcers say, uh, you know, there's a, a ton of mental mistakes going on for our defense, which obviously happened for our offense too. But just breaking down why Washington, the worst offense in football, is charging down the field against our team. And it's because, not because Taylor Heineke is an elite quarterback necessarily. I mean, obviously he's wonderful. But more so because of, well, number one, missed tackles, bad angles, can't set an edge, those kinds of things. But also complete mental breakdowns, completely breaking down. So there's another issue. How much is our offense going to improve when Roger's thumb heals compared to the negatives, which include the team getting worse because things suck. I mean, you, you got Jair saying he's not worried yet. We'll see what happens against Washington. What happens now? What happens in that locker room? I know Rodgers rebuked him and was like, hey, you don't talk like that. But that's what's going on inside everybody's head, whether or not they try to manifest things with their words, which is fake voodoo garbage. Regardless of the words, these, this is what's going on in their head. And Jair specifically had a terrible game. All that talk from all the fans and everybody else about wanting him in man coverage. And I'm, I'm not even necessarily saying that was the wrong decision, but it didn't work, did it? Didn't fix anything, did it? Because at the end of the day, as much as Joe Barry still bears the brunt for, for making bad, some bad decisions, he was right. It doesn't matter what you run. At the end of the day, it comes down to what? Execution. So I'm going to run my freaking soft zone all day and tell them to execute it. And if they can't execute it, that's on them. Fine. You want me to switch? Fine. We'll press up, we'll be aggressive, we'll blitz our linebackers, we'll do all that stuff. And they didn't execute. And it still looked ugly, didn't it? If the team can't execute, it doesn't matter what scheme we run. I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling to, to decide if I should save the positive for last or, or get it out of the way because that's, that's the small part of this. I, I, I kind of want to save it until the end because it's, it's just a footnote, you know? Just like, let's, just, let's talk about what's actually going on and then we'll, we'll add that. Let's do let's just do negatives, okay? I don't know about the offense. Let me pull up PFF because sometimes they've got um some early reaction stuff and and they may talk about the offensive line and if people are struggling. I know um I believe it was Yash had two penalties, two pretty critical penalties, so that's not great. I saw Elton have at least one really bad block on a run play. Just let a guy come completely free, blew up Aaron Jones in the backfield. Um but again, it seemed like the um, the coverage was better, from what I could tell, or the, the blocking was better. They don't have it up quite yet. They, they're usually a little quicker, but uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll keep talking. We'll catch that in a little bit. So we'll skip the offensive line for now. Aaron Rodgers 
is an issue. And, and again, I can't buy into the let's just put Jordan Love out there, but I'm I'm close. And I, I again, I know a lot of you're being ridiculous. That's it's it's not really. He, he, let me just explain my thought process. All right, it's not like I'm just throwing a temper tantrum and I'm sick of him and whatever. And I think we're better with Love or anything like that. Um. We saw a lot of rookies today, way more than usual. I was kind of surprised by it. We saw a lot of Devontae Wyatt early. I remember uh, I watched, I don't know if it was like the Tampa game early in the season, and Wyatt didn't even come out until the end of the fourth quarter, and then he finally came out and played a couple snaps. He was making plays in the first quarter. We see Zach Tom in this game. We saw Samore Ture in this game. Quay Walker, from what I could tell, had a real good game. He probably made a couple mistakes in there, but he was making big plays. I was real excited about Quay. Blitzing was great. The tackling was great. The aggression looked great. Maybe there's a couple stutter steps in there, a couple mistakes here and there. I don't care. I'm, I'm more than happy to accept a couple mistakes if you're flying around the field like that. So Quay looked good. Wyatt's making plays. Watson's obviously hurt. Dobbs is out there. Not looking great, but I don't know if I can even blame him. I mean, when, <laughs> when you have to contort your body in ways that he had to contort to try to catch Rogers' passes, that end up hitting the ground. And then you got to watch Rogers scream about what are we doing out here after your ball just burned into the ground? Like, why? who are you yelling at? Are you seriously yelling at other people right now? You are out of your mind, dude. Uh, Zach Tom, did I say Zach Tom? He's out there seemingly having a good day. The reason I bring these things up is because it's a, p- a big positive. They need time to play. And it's also good for evaluation to see if maybe this is a better path to move. Maybe Zach Tom should stay out there. Not necessarily in, in lieu of David Bakhtiari, but we could figure something out. I don't know if Elton's going to work anywhere. So we got potential Tom left guard. You've obviously got Zach Tom right tackle uh, possibility. And if nothing else, he's going to be needed for down the line when there's interest. So it's, it, it was a, a positive for him to be out there. Ture, same thing. It's good to be able to see him out there. By the way, Amari, I, I told you last week, he, he looked like our best wide receiver. He did this week too. I know Lazard caught more passes. I know he's reliable and all that. Well, Generally, he did have at least one drop in this game. But, I mean, the, the only guy making the real a- a- acrobatic, impossible-to-catch catches is Amari. The only guy who's looking real uh, slippery, and, and I don't know why he can't do that on punt return. By the way, I'm 100% on board just pulling him entirely. Like I said, I'll, I'll give you one. I don't know what the, the going average is, but you get one a year. I think he's already at two. So I, I, we're, we're way too early in the season for you to be doing that twice. So I'm, I'm over it. He offers nothing. All, all, I'm, all I'm asking you to do is catch it. I know you can't run with it. Anyways, for whatever reason, he looks like a punt returner when he catches those passes from Aaron Rodgers. He looks shifty. He looks quick. I, li- I mean, I liked him last year. The very few times we got to see him run routes and catch passes. I thought he looked real good. He's quick. He's violent. I mean, he, last week he knocked the guy out of the game, lowered his shoulder, and just <laughs> took him out. There are positives to putting guys in. Allowing them to play, giving them an opportunity. I, I, I understand it's nearly impossible to get rid of Rodgers, which is, which is a very big negative. And um, it's very clear to me at this point we should not have paid him. He shouldn't be here right now. And, 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 and again, you, you might not like that sentiment, but there is no argument for giving him that contract. Zero. At this point. I mean, at, at the time, fine. Number one, you thought you could retain Devontae, and you thought we can continue to push in. You thought we can keep going. At this point... It was it was the wrong decision, no question. And I'm I'm not even I'm not attacking Gutekunst like he should have known. I was wrong too. I didn't know. I didn't know this was going to happen. How could anybody know that this was going to happen? But in hindsight, should not have paid him. This should be a Jordan Love year. Um, 
I mean, I guess the only good thing about it is that we have closure to be able to look at it and say, okay, it, because if, if Love was captaining this ship and we were losing, everybody would say, see, see, we should have had Rodgers. We'd be winning. Look how bad everybody else is. We'd, we'd have beaten everybody. We would be undefeated at this point. <laughs> nope. Um, we're, we're not, we can't get out of it. So we're, we're, we're stuck in this position for a long time. And, and the worst part is we have talent. And I, you know, by the time, say, 2024 rolls around and we have the ability to, I mean, granted, we could draft any quarterback we want and put whoever we want on the field, but I can't imagine <laughs> having grumpy Aaron Rodgers sit on the sideline, folding his arm um, while some, you know, 21-year-old plays quarterback for us. I don't know. It's, it's a mess. By the time we can actually get a new quarterback, I mean, how many guys are gone? Bakhtiari's gone. Maybe Kenny's gone. Amos is gone. Devondre's gone. Preston maybe is gone. Aaron Jones is gone. Lazard is gone. You know, it's 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 a brand new team at that point, which I know some of you are saying that's fine, but I I I don't know I don't know what to do. But but Rodgers is not worth the money. That's very obvious. If you think that we're getting fifty million dollars worth of value out of Aaron Rodgers, I uh, I think you're completely lost in in your Packers fandom, and you need to take some time to reevaluate. But in, you know, again, in, in terms of the 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 love thing, I'm, I'm not saying I'm in I'm in favor of it, but who cares? Who cares? I mean, if if you want to hear my overly pessimistic take on it, but can entirely accurate take, what's more valuable: watching Aaron Rodgers lose another game or getting an opportunity to evaluate the team with the, with Jordan Love? I know it's never going to happen, and again, I I know we're worse, but I I could see the merit to it. I'm curious. I want to know what he can do. Turn over the keys. Why not? What are we What are we losing? Well, we might lose more games. I don't care. <laughs> that might be better in the long run. You know, I I, I mentioned early on is it, prior to the season because it was such a blasphemous thing to say. But you know, I would never ever wish harm to Aaron Rodgers. But one of the more beneficial things that could happen this season is, is if something were to happen to Aaron Rodgers. Let's just say he did it voluntarily or whatever. And then Jordan Love came in. Why? Because we get an entire year to evaluate Jordan Love. If he's the answer, awesome. We have a quarterback for the next however many years. If he's not, we have a very high pick to, to rectify that situation. We're in that situation right now. Again, I know we won't do it, but you can still do that right now. You can turn over the keys to Jordan Love. And then you have the entire year to evaluate whether he's the guy or not. And what, we lose two or three more games with Jordan Love? I don't care. Then we get a higher pick. And, and again, I'm, I'm generally not in favor of just throwing it away for any old pick. I mean, I, I, I used to be a little bit more in favor of that. Now I look at it and realize probably not necessarily worth it. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. But if you're talking about a quarterback, then maybe there's something to think about. And again, I don't know how this even works with, with the co- contract we've given Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. But, but the only thing I can think is who cares? The only thing we can do is do the right thing moving forward. And, and if we're in a position to take a quarterback and we need a quarterback and we got a guy that we really like, we should draft a quarterback. So it, it's weird because it's like I, I want to just sit here and say I'm not really in favor of that. I'm just saying I could understand it. But at the same time, what? why wouldn't I be in favor of that? Doesn't, doesn't that rationally make more sense? Well, that's ridiculous. You're giving up on the Yeah. And, and that's the only thing is, is you're going to end up losing the, the, the team is going to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to do to the locker room is the only reason why you can't do it. Rogers, first of all, is going to lose his mind. He's going to trash the team. The, tra- the team is going to fire back at Rogers and it's going to be this ugly 
dramatic mess and then the locker room's going to fall apart because you gave up on us and they're going to get in and you know the question is does that carry over into next that's the only reason you can't do it but leaving that aside right let just forget about the fact that we can't do it granted would it be the right decision to do leaving aside the the emotional part of it the locker room dynamic would it make more sense yes it would we we I don't know how many more times I can say it. We lost to one of the worst teams in football. We lost. That wasn't even that wasn't even supposed to be an option. It's it's a question of are we going to beat them by a lot and be you know and even that is not like oh great we're back on track. That's like okay that's that's a bare minimum. Now the question is can we continue that or was it just because we played Washington or we win by just a little bit? You know we barely eke out a win here and as a result we feel pessimistic about the team. Losing was not supposed to even be an option. I'm sorry, this is not turning around. There's nothing to turn. What are you going to, what are you changing? What are you going to fix? What is there to fix? What, everything? They're suddenly going to try harder. They're suddenly going to stop making all the mistakes. They're suddenly going to tackle better. They're suddenly going to throw better. They're suddenly going to catch better. They're suddenly going to call plays better. They're suddenly going to try harder and care more. They're suddenly going to stop getting so many penalties, critical ones that erase, you know, pick sixes or, or fumble recoveries for touchdowns or whatever. Yeah, okay. Suddenly going to block better, run blocking and pass blocking. That's just, these, these things are just suddenly going to happen. And, and they, they didn't happen against the easiest part of our schedule, but they're going to happen against the hard part, like against Buffalo. Come on. I, I don't want to have to fight with positive fans. I have nothing against you being positive. But if you're going to be delusional and, and ridiculous, there's a problem. It's one thing to support the team no matter what. It's another thing to espouse fantasy and I, I i think those two things are getting confused for some people i do i i think that you know i i asked the question on twitter um let me go to it and i'll be very specific here i did a poll um it says wonder if there are any r-e-l-a-x fans left and then the two options are r-e-l-a-x or lol shockingly f- almost 15 percent are still in the r-e-l-a-x category but One of the comments here, I think, is kind of where the disconnect is coming from. Um, What did he say? Where is it? Fans get some adversity and they give up. 70s, 80s, 90s Packers fans, they are not. Probably too many millennials and Gen Zs. Uh, First of all, the 90s were great. So I don't know why you're even bringing that up, aside from like the first two years. But, But this is not the point. Fans get some adversity and they give up. 70s, 80s, early 90s Packer fans, they are not. I don't know what that means. They were bad in the 80s, weren't they? They were bad in the 70s, weren't they? So uh, I'm not talking about, my, my response was, I didn't ask if you still support the team. I'm asking if people think that they will end up being a good team. That's what R-E-L-A-X means. Relax, we got this. Relax, we're going to be fine. I, I do think, I mean, there, there is a question, but what, considering I've never had to support in my life, aside from a couple random years, a team that that is just bad, um... I guess I do have a question of how do you properly support a team and embrace reality at the same time? I don't know how to do that. I don't because, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, you, you, you can't trash the players. Okay, well, how do I acknowledge reality and, and not trash the players? I mean, I guess I, guess I could be more polite. Aaron Rodgers um, struggling to be his best. Romeo Dobbs not exactly meeting our full expectations. Alan Lazard, good, but not quite good enough for what we need. The entire offensive line, um, 
little too many penalties, not enough of the, the blocking part. I mean, fair enough, right? Don't call people trash. All right, sorry. I do that too much. I shouldn't do that. But I can't say they're good, right? I mean, it's, it's a legitimate question. I don't know what to do. I mean, I, 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 I still support the Packers. I still support the team. Here, here's what I'm coming to. And it's not an answer that a lot of people are going to like. Because it, it gives me and a bunch of, other pe- permi- bunch of people permission to be crabby, grouchy, angry Packer fans. Which is not ultimately what I, I want my legacy to be. <laughs> but it's, it's the only thing I can come to. And that is, I support the team, not the players. That is to say, if a bunch of guys wearing Packers jerseys go out and play like garbage, they are disgracing the jersey. And so I have two choices. I can be upset because I want the team to be better, or I can be like, hey, it doesn't matter. I love these guys no matter what they do. Like, they're my children, you know? Kid does some garbage finger painting. It goes up in the fridge. Oh, that's wonderful. That's not exactly how I want to treat players that are a disgrace to the franchise. I mean, it's, it's Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and everybody else that are talking about the standard in Green Bay, right? Am I right about that? So there is a standard. There is a level of expectation. Are, are fans allowed to have that same level of expectation for Green Bay? Or is that just for players? We have to just be like, I don't know. What is winning? 24 to 6? Who had 6? We did? Well, did we win? How do you win? I just, I'm just enjoying life. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that looks like necessarily. And so I, I, I give the positive fans credit for supporting the team, but I can't support the team if it means that I don't make any sense. And I come on here and I'm like, eh, it's, it's fine. Even though I know it's not, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, look, look at the, the betting, Vegas. Who's willing to put their money where their mouth is? Positive fans or negative fans? Maybe both. But unfortunately, reality only falls on one side. So you can be a positive fan all you want in Vegas, but you're going to lose all your money. I don't want to be negative, but I want to be real. And I have been. And I was rewarded for it because it's what's re- it's reality. Anyways, maybe you can help me with that. Call in Packernet After Dark. Tell me how to state reality and still support the team. We suck, but I love you anyways. <laughs> Which is fine, again, but I have to be specific. How do I discuss Rodgers in a way that says, I still support the Packers, but he was bad. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, it, I'm, I'm, I'm really having a crisis with this here. It's, it's very interesting. I, I keep coming back to you, you support the team, not the players. Because moving forward, if we support the players that are here right now, do we ever replace Rodgers? Why would we? You can't replace Rodgers. Because we are Rodgers supporters, right? Why would you get rid of them? Because you're not a true fan. Unless you're a fan of the team and not the player. If you're a fan of the team, you want to do what's best for the team. And if it's best for the team to get a new quarterback, I'm not saying it is. If it is, it's not even a question. And that doesn't mean you have to treat him like trash and be like, I I hope he dies in a plane crash or anything. You can still respect him and be happy for everything he did in the past. But you look at the situation and say, the guy is not worth $50 million. We should not have signed him. And we need to look to the future. And I don't think the future has Rodgers in it. I mean, it probably does based on the way the contract is. But I'm just saying, if our goal was to fix the team and we had the option, Rodgers would be gone. I know he's not just the only problem, but he is the biggest problem we have with the salary cap. And it's not worth it. And that there are other questions here, too. I mean, again, Rodgers is a more talented thrower than, than Love, probably. 
He's certainly a much more intelligent quarterback in terms of, you know, he's got a lot of experience. How many carries does Aaron Jones have in this game if Love is the quarterback? How many carries does Dylan have? More. And that's a net positive, right? Here's another question. Do we throw or run on fourth and one, if we even go for it in that situation? I bet we run. There are things that would happen necessarily that would benefit the team. And, and, and one of the biggest things that would help is not over-relying on Rodgers, who's not a good quarterback this year. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's maybe mediocre, which is fine, but we're treating him as though he's still elite MVP Aaron Rodgers, and he's not. And we're forcing the ball to him to do things that he just can't do. But anyways, this whole thing wasn't just supposed to be about quarterback, but, but that's, that's a, it's a, it's a big issue. He's not, I mean, to even call him mediocre after that last performance is, is wildly generous. I mean, it's not even, <laughs> we, we've gone up against horrible quarterbacks, right? Uh, where was that one tweet? I've probably got rid of that one too. I constantly keep getting rid of tweets that I want to save. Um, Bailey Zappi, uh, Daniel Jones. Who the heck was the Jets' third-string quarterback or whatever that we went up against? I don't remember. And then, and then uh, Taylor Heineke. Put them in a list from best to worst, and then put Rodgers this week in that list. Where does Rodgers end up? If he's not at the bottom, I don't know, dude. You know, and, and I've seen people saying it's not Rodgers' fault. It's, you know, the receivers drop. The receivers dropped passes, that's true. But if he threw two passes that were on target, I'll be stunned. The guy cannot, th- I mean, he's, the, the, the ball placement is horrific. There, there were more balls that hit the dirt than there were drops. So I'm not going to bail him out because of that. So Rodgers has been terrible. He's getting, he's literally getting worse every week. I mean, when we started the season, I remember going over some stats saying he's still on pace for where he was when he was MVP. I mean, some of the stats are even better, but the offensive line has been terrible and and it's just, he's just declining rapidly. And again, this week, it seems as though the offensive line did a better job and he is just, uh, it didn't help. Um, Dylan, his, his hit rock bottom. I think he had another drop in this game. He has yet to really show much as a runner. I'll have to go back and see if it improved a little bit. Seemed like he had a couple times, you know, I mean, when he has space, he can still make stuff happen, but um, just the mental errors and stuff are just getting to be too much for me to, I don't know, to, to really have much faith in, in him. Aaron Jones looks fine, but we, we won't use him, so it doesn't matter. Um, again, we, we refuse to ride the hot hand. We want to force feed Alan Lazard. The guy's dropping passes. He can't separate. Um, Amari, again, looks like one of the better receivers. He barely gets on the field, and when he is, we don't throw to him enough. Again, DeGuara, was he on the field hardly at all? Not really. Saw him blocking a couple times. Was he out running routes? I don't know. We just refuse to do the things that are working. Um, but yeah, Sammy Sammy didn't look great. He had a, I mean, I shouldn't even call it necessarily a drop. The ball got punched out, but we're seeing a lot of corners punching balls out, and it's just like, man, we're going up against some top-tier corners. It's not that they're good corners. That's what happens when you don't get separation. When a corner's draped all over you, yeah, they're going to get some pass breakups. But, uh, you know, even that deep ball Sammy pulled up, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was so far overthrown that he kind of gave up on it or he didn't know the ball was coming or what. I, it was weird to see him just jogging and giving up and then watching the ball go overhead. Maybe it was just overthrown that bad. But, uh, again, he, he had the, the one catch that he did have was incredible toward the end of the game where, where that ball was 100% picked and he came back and fought for it. Um, that was fantastic. Otherwise, he was a non-contributor aside from, you know, giving up on the one deep pass and then refusing to block on the other fourth down play. 
Romeo, he hasn't really done anything since his one game where he had like seven receptions. He's just done basically nothing. I don't think he really has much of an ability to separate. So he's not doing much. Watson's out. Lazard, as I said, is, is I mean, he's like a big tight end. He can't separate, but you kind of, if you get the right ball placement away from him, maybe you can get his kind of box people out and make catches with his hands and, and reel it in. But it's, it's, it's not a sustainable thing. It's pretty bad. Um, again, I thought Amari, well, well, we'll save the positive. Uh, the, the tight ends, we're getting almost nothing from. I mean, we're, we're kind of throwing a bunch to Tunyon, which is cool. He looked a little bit better in terms of his ability to turn and run and get upfield. But, you know, it, I, I don't know if I can blame the tight ends, but what are we getting as from receivers from Lewis, DeGuara, Tyler Davis? Nothing. Defensively, um, we didn't really get anything from the guys that we needed things from. Um, Rashawn, I think, had his worst game of the year. I saw a couple times he kind of got close on pressure, but couldn't really close the deal. And then obviously against the run, he was terrible. I think he was held a couple times, but it's still no excuse for giving up the edge like he did. Kenny didn't necessarily have as big of an impact seemingly as he has in the past. Um, Jair completely fell off. Just, you know, no, I don't want to say no heart, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's just, it's those minor things, you know, in that, in that game of inches, the inches always seem to go the other way. You know, the, the, play where he slips or how about when you could have forced him out of bounds and instead you held him inbounds and then brought him down inside to to keep the clock running or that final first down conversion I mean it got to the point where it seemed like they were almost targeting you and and that's the thing I mean you finally got what you wanted right you get to man the guy up you get to show everybody you're that dude defensive coordinator believed in you that the game plan was put on your shoulder you got what you wanted so no more complaining right what happened uh Stokes did not look great even the good plays, like all all the how many dropped interceptions were there? I think Razul had at least two. There there should have been probably four defensive touchdowns in this game, but I think two of them were dropped and one of them came back as a penalty. So as much as it's like I I don't want to, you know, a pass breakup's a pass breakup. Good job Jair for breaking that up, but why didn't you catch it? Razul had two I think addition additional that he should have caught. Um, special teams not a great day. As you know, again, I, I gave him a pass kind of last week because it was like two players on two plays. You know, this was just all out. The tackling wasn't great. You know, they're able to get some decent returns. The punting, there was one really good punt, but then there was a followed immediately by a bad punt. And then you got Amari putting one in the dirt. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. This, this was your one opportunity to do something and you use it as an opportunity to have a collapse game, you know? This was your opportunity to rally, to really show everybody what you can do, and you, and you collapsed, which is becoming more common than it is uncommon at this point. So anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the map because there's so much to, uh, to, to, to cover here, but just a couple, couple things here before we take a break and, and, and bring it back in and talk about a couple positives and some of the stats and whatnot. Um, Tom Grassi posted this. Through seven weeks, the Packers offense has been shut out in either the third or fourth quarter in every game except one versus the Patriots. A total of 43 points in the second half, 17 of which came from one game. And you got to remember, we, we got a, a safety against the Giants, which doesn't mean anything. Um, so at, at this point, the, the, I think the worst part of this, believe it or not, we haven't covered that yet. The worst part about all this, and I, the, I've, I've vaguely been talking about it in terms of, you know, maybe you should look at moving on from Rodgers, except we can't. Um, we went, we went all in 
many times. And that has really hurt our salary cap doing that. And we knew that. But the problem is we, we went in again this year and we pushed in real hard, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Our ability at this point to fix this problem is basically zero. We cannot go out and get free agents. We cannot cut bait on Rodgers. We cannot cut bait from pretty much anybody that we feel like we need to move on from and, and bring in new blood. We kind of just have to ride this out. And, and, and the first thing we have to do is stop the bleeding. And that means no more. No more pushing money out. We shouldn't have done that to begin with, but no more. Again, I, hindsight is 2020. It's hard to, to get mad at, at Brian Gutekunst. Um, I, I, I get it to an extent of saying we, we have a window. We have all the talent we need. Again, this is where the, the frustration with the coaching staff comes in because it's true. We do. We have had since 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. The talent is there to win a Super Bowl. And you, you, you're trying your best to keep the band back together because, hey, once it's done, it's, it's rebuild time anyways, so whatever. We, we have to endure, endure a year or so of, of pain, then so be it. But the problem now is the, you know, I mean, it, you can do a rebuild in basically a year if you didn't have such kind of garbage contracts. In other words, we, we, if you could, you'd, you'd kind of just cut or trade everybody. You have a real big dead cap hit for one year, kind of like the Bears have. And then next year, you have a ton of free cap space. Everything's good to go. And you can start building. We can't do that because we're, we're stuck with so many people. We can't move on from them. We're paying money for guys we don't have. We're paying money for guys we don't want. We, 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 uh, we structure these contracts so that we can't really get out of them. And we did that in the name of going all in. As much as Packer fans said, we, you know, we, we need to go in. Why won't we go all in? That's all we've done since Gutekunst got here is go all in. Constant free agents. Uh, again, the, the contract. I mean, we, we paid a running back, an Aaron Jones, right? Because we, we just, he was so worried about not having all the pieces. And again, that's why I was stunned that he was trying so hard to pay Devontae what he wanted to pay Devontae. And... Um, it's it's clear now why, because he he did not want the window to close. He wanted to keep it open as long as he possibly could. They saw an ability, the an opportunity to do that, and we took it. and And the problem is now we get both negative. The window is closed. It closed behind us a long time ago, and we just didn't recognize it. It closed toward the end of last year. It's shut, and we we're trapped. <laughs> we can't get out. And um. That's a problem. So what do we do? <sighs> do the best you can with what you got. And the biggest thing is don't ever do that again as far as the contracts are concerned. If it's time to go, time to move on, it's time to do that. If you want to pay somebody, fine, but you structure it in a way that, that will be feasible and makes sense. And I'm, I'm worried about somewhat of a death spiral here because you, when you damage your cap to this extent, now you've got basic contracts like guys like Rashawn or whatever, where you shouldn't have to do anything crazy stupid to it, where they might be interested or, or, or tempted to do that, where maybe you, you push a little bit more out than you would because we just don't have money in, in the near future, you know? Anyway, it's going to be a late break. I got to take a break. I'm, I'm rambling a lot here. Um, we'll take a break. I want to talk about the positives. We'll see if PFF has their, their comments up because I'm very interested to see. I know Coach Hawn has been going crazy um, in our Discord talking. He's, he's going to do a, you maybe have already seen it, this would have been for, actually Clayton's podcast should come out today. And Coach Hawn I think is going to be on. He's going to be talking a lot about uh, Zach Tom and how great of a job he did, which is exciting, right? Very exciting. That's, that was, 
well, we'll talk about the positives after the break, but um, yeah, he, he loves Zach Tom and everything he did. Um, but we'll take a break. I don't know. I'm so, I'm so scattered right now. Patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddy. Fertile ground ranch discipleship ministry.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so the positives. I, I, I think and I, I may have kind of mentioned this already, the biggest positives for me were almost all rookies. I mean, Preston was incredible. He had a great day. Good on him, by the way. The, the, the team has apparently given up. They're not trying. They don't have heart. And he just got the bag. So he doesn't really have to care. And it's probably his last contract. So he's not even fighting for another one. I mean, after this, maybe he kind of lingers around, but he more than likely just retire after this contract. But Preston was, was solid. The rookies, though, I mean, Quay Walker, there's almost no doubt in my mind this was his best day. In fact, PFF did get their thing up. Nothing on the offensive line, but one of the things that they, they highlighted, a rookie spotlight. Not that Quay would never be highlighted in a rookie spotlight the previous weeks, but between Washington and Green Bay, who's the guy they highlighted that was a rookie? First-round linebacker Quay Walker rushed the passer six times and got home for one hit and two hurries, a 50% pressure rate. Remember what I've been saying? About pressures, typically linebackers get to the quarterback, you know, between, what, 15 and 25%, no problem. It's, it's a much higher rate than you find with other positions, um, just because it's, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a blitz, it's usually disguised, it's, you know, for all kinds of reasons. Um, but Quay and, and Devondre, they just never get home. In this game, 50%. But it wasn't just the blitzing. I mean, I, I saw him coming up and filling gaps and hitting people in the hole. I saw him covering on the back end. I saw, him, you know, th- there might have been a couple mistakes in there, but the the speed, the physicality, everything you wanted from Quay Walker, I saw it. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, probably not the best in the world, right? Probably going to get a bad grade on PFF. But you know what? When he tackled that guy from behind, all I could think of was was his highlight from Georgia where he did the same thing. That speed. And, and beyond that, when they showed the replay, he was on the other side of the field, obviously. But he's scraping across the line. He's pushing offensive linemen off of him. He's fighting to get over there. It's not like he had a free run at him. He's fighting to get down the line of scrimmage to be able to make a play. And then he turns and runs upfield after the fact to go make a tackle. So Wyatt, and, and it, it's not just the talent, it's the heart. 
Quay Walker is playing on a defense that has kind of given up. Quay Walker's been dragged through the mud. He hasn't been playing well. His confidence is shaken. The, the team is not very good. All the bad things and all the excuses that he could have rambling through his head and all the reasons why he would have a bad day, he still shows up and has his best day of the season. Same with Devontae Wyatt. He's still putting in work. He's still playing his heart out. He's still giving 110%. Zach Tom. Again, I'm not staring at the offensive line, but as best as I can tell, the offensive line did a good job. And, and by the way, I, I put on Twitter right away, I'm, I'm nervous for him. He was terrible week one. Now he's being thrust into left tackle midseason against a premier pass rusher. This is a disaster waiting to happen. It was not a disaster at all. How many sacks did Montez Sweat have? Did he have one? I don't know if he had one. Let me check here. Yeah, the answer to the question is zero. In fact, there were no sacks in the entire game. None. Um, I just I just now got done doing uh, Clayton's stream. Had Coach Hawn and Jacob on there. Uh, definitely need to listen to that. That was a lot of fun and a ton of great insights. Coach Hawn always, um, he's he watches the game as a coach, which is awesome because he's actually watching things and getting valuable opinions as opposed to us just watching the ball and getting mad at the first person that we see on the screen. But he was talking about Zach Tom, and he, here's what he had to say, not to uh, take away from what was said there. You still need to listen. But um, number one, no sacks. Mm, I don't think any pressure's given up. Number two, at some point, we're talking like third quarter-ish, the Packers felt so comfortable with Zach Tom against Montez Sweat that they slid the protection, in other words, bringing linebacker, or uh, bringing tight ends over to the other side to help Yash Nyman. They decided, let me say that again, they decided it would be better use of our tight ends to help Yash against their number three and four edge rushers as opposed to Zach Tom, a rookie with almost no experience, against Montez Sweat, who I think had like 12 pressures last week against the Bears. That's insane by itself. But after they did that, not only did he still get no pressures or sacks off of that side, but they were so frustrated with his inability to do anything against Zach Tom, they moved Montez Sweat to the other side of the line to see if they could get, get any pressures against Yash. I can't think of a single better compliment uh, in the entire game. I mean, of of of, of anybody. I mean, what 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 else could you possibly say? I mean, if that happened against David Bakhtiari, that would be amazing. If if they decided Bakhtiari's got it, so they move protection to the other side, that's awesome. And then if they move Sweat to where the extra protection is, because they feel they have a better chance against you know on that side as opposed to David Bakhtiari, we'd be sitting here saying that's that's amazing. It's Zach Tom. And as much as I'd love to sit here and be like, yeah, I friggin' knew that, Zach Tom. I mean, I called it, right? I told you guys I wanted to draft him. When we drafted him, he's my guy. I mean, that's why, because he's so good, and I knew it. I didn't know it. I didn't know Jack, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take as much credit as I can for, for at least saying I wanted him, and I liked him, and we got him, and it's panning out. That's great. whoop de doo Nobody would have expected a performance like this. And I can't promise it's the same thing going forward, but good Lord. But then again, on top of that, just to expand out, right? We're talking about positives. Preston had a good day. Uh, uh, Zach Tom, the entire offensive line. Again, zero sacks given up. Um, I don't think they have pressures on here, so I can't see it. But just, just the fact that this team... <sighs> It's painful because it's overshadowed by the exact opposite of this. But if we just 
isolate the offensive line and look at how impressive this is. This was, and I'm not blaming the coaches, they were set up to fail. This, this was never going to succeed, ever. It's not that, I mean, this, this was the right decision. I mean, David Bakhtiari's out, we needed to shuffle some things up, all that. But the fact that Josh Myers is the only guy to play the same position this week as he did last week. Um, Zach Tom, first time playing since week one, and he's playing left tackle, and he's playing it against a premier pass rusher. Elton Jenkins is moving from right tackle to left guard. John Runyon is moving from left guard to right guard, which is a bigger deal than most fans want to make of it. And Yash Nyman is coming off the bench and playing right tackle. When you talk about the importance of these guys being able to work together, to learn to communicate with one another, to kind of get familiarized with you, I mean, when you, one of the things I notice with watching these guys is how important timing is. It's not just communication of, hey, you know, you're supposed to block, you know, I, I made a check, so you were supposed to block this guy and you didn't, so he came free. I mean, that's that's a big picture thing. But just in terms of timing, you know, all these these sort of like double teams, how long do you hold them to allow the other guy to come over? And how long before you release up the field? You know, the 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 chips, you know, if if you're kind of roaming in between, I don't know the terminology, but you kind of chip this guy to your left and then you go help the guy over to your right. I mean, there's so much play going on in between these guys. And that's what the defenses are trying to take advantage of is is disrupting the timing, disrupting the communication, getting them confused in terms of who does what and where and how. Really, really incredible job. The most disappointing thing is I just said yesterday, if you can block and, and protect against the pass rush, the offense will succeed. That was the only thing that was a threat to this offense, is their pass rush. That was it. And so they were set up to succeed because the offensive line did their job, except nobody else did. Everybody else collapsed to such an unbelievable degree. Aaron Rodgers completely lays an egg. Wide receivers, as best as I can tell, really not doing a great job. They, they, they're not catching the ball properly. They're not, you know, again, I, I, it's hard to tell now. I'll, I will go back and watch it. You'll be with me as I do it. I'm not seeing separation. I'm seeing guys get blanketed. And I, and, and I get it, right? This, this is why, this is what I said, and this is why these guys aren't good enough, and this is why we need to go get another wide receiver. I'd be on board with that if everything else wasn't such a complete disaster. And ju- I'm just talking offense. I mean, the fact that we have coaches that just will not run the ball, and, and maybe it's Aaron Rodgers doing it, I don't know. But it, it, it's not going to fix. Nothing, nothing is going to fix this. That doesn't even include the defense, who is not playing with heart. They're not playing with passion. They're, 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 the, the mental part of this is so terrible. The constant mental lapses. I mean, one of the things that was covered in the game was that touchdown given up by, you know, Stokes or Savage or whatever. And, and you know, the announcers primarily put it on Stokes. It seems like he didn't really carry him up the field far enough. But, you know, on top of that, the, what, what Clayton and Coach Hahn were talking about is this is a simple read for Darnell Savage. He should have been in that spot. It, according to, to Coach, it should have been a pick going the other way. This is an easy read. So you have Stokes not completely doing his job, Savage not at all doing his job. And in, in, in the midst of that, you have a wide open gap in the middle of the end zone where a guy is free to run through and, and a guy like Taylor Heineke, who again, looks like he's an all-star because he's got an easy throw in a compressed part of the field, by the way, where there shouldn't be wide open gaps. We leave a wide open gap because two guys are not doing their job completely. Stokes is not fully doing his job, apparently, and Savage just not doing his job at all. And that, that happens all throughout the game. 
this is why there's, I mean, why are there so many? I mean, just look at how many guys are wide open against our defense compared to our guy. How, how often do you see wide open guys on our, never, never. On the rare occasions that it happens, either Rodgers overthrows him or he underthrows him or there's pressure there or whatever. But we've, we very rarely will see the wide open guy. I, I think there have been, if you take the game with the least amount of open receivers against our defense, it's probably going to be more than the game where we had the most open receivers. It's insane. And it's, you know, it's, it's not just a schematic thing on our, on our offense necessarily or whatever, but, but the point is what, that should be the standard. It's the same with like the linebackers. I'm looking at it going, oh, I don't know, that's a tough job. Yeah, well, look at every other group of linebackers. They're doing it. Just because I don't see the path to doing it doesn't, you know, same, same with Savage. I'm looking at it going, I don't know. I don't know how he could have done that. Well, that's not my job to know. The point is, if it was executed properly, this wouldn't have happened. There, there's never a situation where we're drawing up plays where there's wide open parts of the field. There might be gaps in zone or whatever, but you can still defend those. You know, if, if you're getting proper depth from the linebackers and if, if, if everybody's reading things properly and if guys are reading the quarterback and breaking at the right time and doing, you're, you're still in a position to be able to make a play. If you're re- Our guys are not. And the fact that by the time the ball gets there, there's nobody within a quarter mile really goes to show how bad that these guys are playing the scheme. And again, you can't, you can't necessarily blame the scheme. I mean, you can to a degree. If, if it's not working, you start making some changes, trying to put your guys in a position to succeed, and I get that. But, but again, it comes down to the fact that there... So, so we did that, and we handed the keys to Jair, and what happened? Didn't execute. Anyways, we're supposed to be talking about the positives. I don't even know how we got here, but... Yeah, the, so, so the offensive line did their job, but everything else collapsed, which is completely tragic because it was right there for for the taking you know they're 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 doing their job Rodgers has time you're you're able to run the ball I know Aaron Jones didn't have the greatest yards per carry but um for the same reason that Aaron uh, that AJ Dillon's yards per carry was actually relatively high it was four yards per carry or whatever he was doing fine but he, he also didn't actually look that good but you know when you don't carry the ball a lot one big run will make a difference well when Aaron Jones gets hit behind the line of scrimmage twice it makes a big difference in your yards per carry but if you run it more than eight times, it balances out a little more. Yeah, maybe there are a couple hit behind the line, whatever, but, but there's still plenty more big chunk plays to be had. And they, were, they had a lot of success with a lot of plays. You know, I mean, if you get tackled behind the line of scrimmage for a loss of five on one play, and the next three times you touch the ball, you're getting four-yard chunks. You know what your average is? 1.75 yards per carry. You had one unsuccessful play and three successful plays, and your average is trash. If you, if you do it five times, your average is 2.2, right? So, I mean, I, I, how many times would you have to do it? Let me, let me find out here. If you, uh, if you do it 10 times, you, 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 we're talking four yards a carry, which is not dominant, but it's more than fine. Four yards per carry, 10 times, one play is minus five. Your average is 3.1 or 3.2-ish. So, it, it, again, it looks a lot worse than it is. You've, you had 10 successful plays one bad hit behind the line of scrimmage and your average is not that great. And then you look at, well, he's only getting three yards per carry. Well, even if it's five yards per carry, if, if you get three carries of five yards and then the next play is a, is a five yard loss, three really good runs of five yards, one play behind the line of scrimmage, your average is 2.5 yards. So again, when you don't have a lot of carries, a big loss is going to carry a ton of weight. Anyways. Other positives in the game. Adrian Amos, I thought, looked really good. 
can't speak to every single play, but he was flying around. He was making some really good tackles. He saved probably at least one score with his shoestring tackle. I thought he was doing it. Oh, the punch out, great punch out play. Um, Devondre, the linebackers in general, I thought looked good. There were a couple plays that were a little iffy, especially down in down the stretch. But um, Devondre with the pick six looked good. His tackling was much better. He had a ton of missed tackles in the past. I thought his tackling looked good. Quay Walker, as I said, I thought had a really good day. We don't blitz him a lot. We did in this game. Uh, he has no success when he blitzes. He did in this game. His tackling has been suspect. His tackling was great in this game. Uh, I think my favorite play of his on the day was when he was blitzing off the edge like he had done, and they ended up running the ball, and he had the ability to bend around tight enough. When he's you know originally heading for the quarterback, he's able to bend around the corner, grab the running back by his legs, and bring him down. That's a heck of a play. For a young guy that I don't think has been playing with a ton of aggression and, and, and everything else, to kind of put him in a situation where he has to be, right? We're firing you off the edge. We're bringing you around the corner to go get people. Um, it just seems like he kind of fired him up a little bit, and I and I think it's working. I think that's great. Again, it's overshadowed. That doesn't really get us to anywhere uh, in terms of optimism, in terms of this thing turning around at all. However, a positive is a positive, and I'm going to enjoy it. Because again, I don't know how to be a positive fan for a losing team. I really honestly, it's, I mean, it's an honest question. I'm not saying like, I don't know how to be positive. All I know how to do is be miserable. I'm just saying, I don't know how to acknowledge the disaster and not sound like I'm a negative fan. I'm not trying to be. I love the Green Bay Packers. When I did the, the, uh, the show with Clayton, he has a, an intro. And the intro shows a bunch of highlights from, from the, uh, that, the, that the Packers have done. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I've seen these things a hundred times. And I feel like, as weird as it is, because it's, it's just a little intro to a YouTube video. It's not that big of a deal. It was one of the most impactful things for me watching that, like in terms of like it really hit me. And I think it's because of the losing. I think it, it gave me some better perspective on things. You know, it's one thing to, to really try to have perspective and try to appreciate the good times when you're still in the good times. And it's hard to do. You know, it's like they, they always tell you to, to, you know, hug them, you know, hug your family and love your family and everything and appreciate what you got because sometimes it's gone. And you try to do that when you have it. And I, I, I guess internally, I feel like I've lost it. And, and now watching that, I realize how much, I don't even want to say I miss it. It's just how much I love it. And how it, it's, it's given me an appreciation for the team that I don't know that I had. And, I, and I'm grateful for that. As, as dumb as that sounds, I feel like this is a real good opportunity to, to be a better fan. Again, it's, it's going to come with me sounding more negative. That's true. But my ability to appreciate the positives like I haven't in the past. One of the things I've said for a while now, trying to make this make sense, because I know it doesn't sound like it makes sense. One of the things I've said for a while now is when in those brief times when the Packers were bad, I remember how much I really appreciated those games like we're going to have next week where you're the underdog and you acknowledge you're the underdog. Not like they say you're the underdog and like we're nobody's underdog. I'm talking like everybody knows they're clearly better than us. And you go into it with, with just this feeling of like it's, it, it almost feels like win-win. Like if we lose, well, we were supposed to lose. If we win, though, like, what if? That was the crazy, like, what if we win? It could happen. Like, anything could happen. I haven't felt that in a long time. I know we've been a bad team a couple times, but I, I haven't really had that perspective. I think 2018 just made me so uh, upset. I never really had a chance to appreciate it. I don't, I don't know. But the problem now is that winning is an expectation. And so it's like, if, if we win, it's like, Phew. 
Jeez, we almost didn't win the stupid team. And if we lose, it's like, I cannot believe this is a disaster. Is it? You know what I mean? That's an unhealthy way to be. And, and maybe that's just a me thing, but it is. It's unhealthy. And I feel like now I have the opportunity to, to de-stress, right? I'm, I don't have to worry about the Giants because I don't think we're going to the playoffs. And if you do, I'm not telling you you're not allowed to. I'm just telling you where I'm at right now. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about the playoffs. I don't have to worry about the stupid Vikings or the Bears. I mean, I do a little bit and I still want them to fail miserably and everything, but I don't have to worry about this competition. I can just watch a Packer game. And I don't have to sit there, just like today, like I said, I wasn't really that upset. I mean, it, it's disappointing, but I, I came into this game saying, this is a bad football team. And I was right. I mean, I, I gave myself the, the leeway to acknowledge maybe things will turn around, but, but they're not going to. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on and into a new era. And that doesn't mean 20 years of darkness. You know, 2018 was brutal, and I thought we were headed toward 20 years of darkness. We turned it around in one year. I don't know what the future holds. But I know right now that I, I'm, I'm not going to be watching the Packers win a Super Bowl. Maybe you don't know that, and that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not going to make it my mission to convince you, right? I mean, in a way, it is because I try to hammer home my points here on the podcast. It's what I do. But if you want to disagree, that's fine. I can't get there. I don't have anything tangible that I can look at. There's nothing. There's nothing that I have in front of me that says, what if? Or, or if this happens, you know, if we go get this player or if this turns around, there's too much. There's just too much right now. It's everything. It's execution. It's coaching. It's culture. It's passing. It's running. It's blocking. It's pass rush. It's coverage. It's, I mean, it's every single facet. Punting, returning, kicking. <laughs> I mean, there's not a single thing that you can grab onto and say, this is working. Even if, well, Aaron Jones, again, making excuses for him, but it's two weeks in a row. He's been, the yards per attempt is not there. So I can't definitively say, oh, he's killing it. I can't even say that with Kenny. As much as I I think he's having a great year, his stats dropped off after like week two, like plummeted. And he's every week sliding further and further into obscurity. Rashawn, same thing. Jair, off a cliff this week. There's nothing. So again, as, as I try to navigate this, the one positive that I'm looking toward is, is the ability to not hold the Packers to this standard of, if you don't win, I'm going to be miserable. And I'm still going to come on here and say, well, this guy sucks, and, and this sucks, and this needs to change, and because there is still an expectation, right? I want the team to be good. This area is not good. Here's how I think we should fix it, and that's what we should do. This guy's got to go. This guy's got to go. This needs to be changed. Whatever. But at least in terms of sitting down and watching the game, I don't have to sit there stressed out all day going, dude, what if we lose? Like, what if? Oh, that would be... No, we're, we're, we're going to lose. Like, we're going to lose to Buffalo. And I'll, uh, Jacob and a few people are kind of real big on this. Like, this is the one week because it's going to be a fluke. No way. I, I, I'm sorry. We're not good enough to even get a fluke. <laughs> like, what, what's going to happen? Even if Buffalo collapses, they're going to win. Why do I say that? Well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Their quarterback plays like a third stringer and they have a bunch of injuries. We've played that team and we lost, <laughs> right? We lost to that team. I, I mean, not, not New England, obviously, but, but the, the, the Jets with the backup, Washington with the backup, Giants with the injuries, Jets with the injuries, with the, the New England, we won, but still third string quarterback and, and injuries across the board. And we won by the skin of our teeth in that game. I mean, a, a Buffalo Bills implosion 
is probably, I mean, the Buffalo Bills playing at 50% is probably better than, than a couple of these, better than Washington at least. For sure better than Washington. Worst case scenario for them is like an improved version of the Washington Commanders. And that still is going to require us to play good football. And there's just too many good players. You know, they, they've got the pass rushers against our offensive line. They've, they've got much better corners and safeties than we've faced recently. Um, even, even more so, I would, I would guess, I haven't really looked into it, but it's my understanding, even more so than the Jets, who have good corners and, and a pretty good defensive front. Buffalo has maybe the best, I mean, at least pass rushers. I can't speak to the front in general, but Von Miller's doing Von Miller things and... Um, you know, they're, they're just, they're absolutely tearing stuff up and they've got a good secondary. And that's, that's just their like top five, top three, top one defense that I'm talking about. That doesn't even touch on Josh Allen being maybe the best quarterback in football. I mean, if, if we can't flukily beat backups, what, what in the world are we going to be able to do? I mean, you understand in order to beat the bills, we need to get first downs, right? How? Doing what? I, again, I, I don't mean to be... Ne- I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm asking you. I got a phone number here to call. You can tell me, 608-501-0718. We can't get a first down. I get what you're saying. And, and one of the things Jacob said is, is I think we're, we're coasting too much. We think we're just going to steamroll the Jets. We think we're going to steamroll Washington. We're not going to think that against Buffalo. Fine. This team at 110% is not beating Buffalo. They're just not. They, they, they don't have it. And on top of that, if, if you're still coasting at this point in the season, after what happened week one, after what happened against New England, after what happened against even Tampa, after what happened against the Giants, after what happened against the Jets, if you come into this Washington game going on the road saying we're going to steamroll them, I've lost all hope in you. That's crazy. You've played maybe one competent game all year, and that was against Chicago. That's it. That's the only one, and you're gonna you're gonna go on the road to Washington against a fierce pass rush, if nothing else, and and you think you're just gonna steamroll them? I I can't fathom, I cannot fathom that that is the mentality that they had. I, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, I believe this was their best shot. I believe that, and this is this is what they put out a special teams collapse, an offensive collapse, and a defense. I mean, we, we got one series from our offense and defense, and they gave up. That's it. Uh, I, I, you know, that's it, man. So um, that's where I'm at. I, you know, I love the Packers, and I, I love what they've done for me. I love what Aaron Rodgers has done for me. I think Gutekunst is a talented guy. I think Matt LaFleur is a talented guy. But for whatever reason, this pile of human beings is not getting the job done. And again, I'm, I don't even blame Gutekunst for the decision he made. I get it. This is a rare collection of talent, and we haven't won a Super Bowl, and there's every reason to believe that this rare collection of talent will be able to do it. And so you push in again. I, I get it. But there's no question at this point it was the wrong decision. I can't promise you I would have made a different one. I mean, I, well, I know I would have because I, I was off this train years ago, but, but I started to buy into it as time went on. But um, yeah, the, like I said, the window closed behind us a while ago. We just didn't know it. And um, I don't know the path necessarily moving forward. I will say this, though. We, we have a, uh, a, a draft show called, it called It's Always Draft. I'm going to put something up on Twitter so that we can uh, remember. But um, 
I know a lot of people have questions about the draft and about some people that we can go get or whatever. If 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 that's you, a lot of fans are are not into that or they don't want to even go there right now. That's fine. But for some of us, it is interesting, myself included. Um, I'm going to put something up on Twitter. Otherwise, you you can reach out to them. But uh, just just go to my Twitter and I'm I'm going to put up a, a thing there. Ask the questions and then listen to the It's Always Draft podcast. They're going to come out with a, a little bit of an earlier podcast this week just to address kind of some of this stuff because that's where a lot of the fan base is at. And so if you have any questions, that'll be a good place to do that. But that's all I got, man. I, I Again, I'm, I'm trying to make it seem positive. And, and every time I'm being positive about it, it sounds really dark and gloomy and depressive. But I'm, I'm, I'm really honestly trying to be positive about it. I love the team. I always have. I always will. And I'm, I'm excited about the ability to just not have to care anymore about it and to just enjoy football games. And I know it's harder to enjoy losses. That's for sure. But, but there are positives to it. And again, next week, there's no stress. And, and you know, if, if you can't see it that way, that's fine. I understand. I don't know if I'm going to be able to by the time it gets here. But this is not a make or break game. I mean, if, if we were undefeated at this point, or let's say we, were, we had two losses, this would be a game that we're coming into saying, this is critical. Like, we have to win this game. And I, it's going to be tough. And you, I mean, you don't want to believe that you're worse than the Bills, right? You want to believe your team's the best in football. And so if you lose, now you're not as good as the Bills. And, and not only that, you know, everybody's going to be picking on the Packers and, ah, you lost. And guess you're not that good. And then on top of that, your standings in the playoffs go down. And now the Vikings are catching up or whatever the case would be or further ahead of us. And, and, and now we're losing a spot in the playoffs and all this stuff. I don't have to care. I fully expect it to be a disaster, but what if it's not? What if they play? What if they win? That'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome. Better than losing. I mean, does it get us to the playoffs? Probably not. <laughs> but why not? And then, then we can re, restoke the fire, you know, and then we can get back. I know I will be. I'll be back on the train. Which at this point, I, I honestly don't even want to be because it's like, don't do this to me, man. I'm finally just making peace with it. Don't do this to me. Because I know you're just setting me up to fail. But anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling on. Um, it sucks. It does. But I, I, listen, this is it. Enough is enough. No more excuses. No more backing up. No more defending. No more, yeah, well, what about this? Or with this? Or once we get this guy back? Or once we do this? Or if we just make this move? It's a bad team. I mean, like, a, like a really, really bad team. That, and that's the, that's the biggest thing. It's not just they're, they're not quite good enough. They're, they're, clo- they're not close. They're close to nothing. This is a horrifically bad football team, offense, defense, and special teams. They're very far away. They just lost to one of the worst teams in football. They gave up 23 points to a, to arguably the worst offense in, in the entire NFL. There's nothing left other than a miracle to turn this around out of thin air. And if you want to hope for that, you can. Otherwise, we got to figure out how to continue to be Packer fans, support the team, and and move forward, understanding that that's not coming. And I don't want to sit here and just be angry and hate everybody all the time. So I got to figure out how to do that. And I would encourage you to help me as we do that. We still love the team. We support the team, the coaches, the players, but we also are honest. And, and somewhere in there, hopefully, is, is something feasible that, that makes sense. I don't know how to make it work, but, you know, hopefully there's something in there. But that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm, I've given up on the season. You guys have yourselves as good of a day as you can. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.